Are you grateful today? Yes. Let's try that again. Are you grateful today? Yes. Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Amen. God is so good. Praise God. I think when I was a small kid, I mean, we rode bikes everywhere. Of course, that was small town living, you know, and you spent your whole day on the bike, you know, going from friend to friend's house and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and uh, telling uh, somebody the other day, I said, when I was a kid, we had these things called big wheels. And, uh, you know, that big old wheel up front had to, you know, they're all made of that heavy-duty plastic, but of course, it, you know, we always burn through the tires and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't see a lot of that out there anymore, but uh, they're now as big toys for older kids. They are, and they're motorized. And I thought, now there you go. We got to have a few of those. Amen. Big old tire, and they do a lot of what they call, what do they call that? Uh, drifting. A lot of drifting, praise God. They drift sideways, and, and it's all big kids. Okay, adults. All right, anyway, praise God. And I'm thinking, see, the hot wheel's still going on. Amen. Praise, or big wheel, I guess it's called big wheel. Amen. Praise God. So anyway, what a blessing. Praise the Lord. All right, uh, let's see. We're going to go to the book of Colossians today. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, please. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 1. Now, last week, uh, um, well, we titled the message, Spiritual People. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a spiritual person. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And um, so we, we had some, uh, you know, brought some things out about that and kind of in, in a way maybe challenged us to where we're at and in our believing. And um, uh, really it came down to, you know, where are we at concerning, you know, believing and uh, understanding that there is an unseen realm. Amen? How many believe in an unseen realm? Hallelujah. Now, you all know the right answer. You're pretty much, you know, you ain't going to be a Christian without, you know, at least knowing the right answer to it. But as we brought out last week, you know, you can, you can know the right answer, but you not, might not be aware of the unseen. And that's one of the things we kind of worked on last week. And so today I'm going to, I'm going to talk some more about that. We'll come out of a different text. We'll probably go back to a verse that we used last week, too, just for a little bit of this. Um, but today, I want to talk about spiritual understanding. Amen. And uh, so, uh, did you come with an ear to hear today? Yes. All right. All right. So, if you came with an ear to hear, guess what? You're going to leave with something today. Amen? Amen? So, we're going to look at a common text here. At least it's common for me because it's something that I pray over y'all uh, pretty much on a daily basis. Praise God. And uh, it's one of uh, Paul's prayers. Uh, and it's the, to the church at Colossae, and he, verse 9, it says this, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask, all right, to ask that you may be filled, everybody say filled, filled with the knowledge of His will, amen, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, praise God, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Ain't that a, that's a good thing, right? To walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Of course, it goes on, strength with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy. There's more being said, but I want to just focus on these two verses for the most part. And so, uh, if we could, uh, let's go back to verse 9. 
And uh, let's let this thing unfold a little bit. As I said, we're going to talk about spiritual understanding today, but I kind of want this thing to unfold, all right? So if we, if we kind of looked at today, we might say it's maybe like a part two of some things we said last week, all right? So anyway, verse 9 again says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you or to supplicate. So that's what this word here, prayer. There are all types of prayer, but this is dealing with an area of supplication, which means praying on behalf of another, all right? So uh, praying uh, for you, it says, and to ask. In other words, to, to inquire of God, to request of God. Amen. Literally, to call on God or desire of God that you, talking about the people he's praying for. In this text, he's talking to the church at Colossae. We're all, uh, you know, we take this and use it on a daily basis as a promise for us, something that we can do and pray for you. Amen. This is something you could pray for yourself, pray for others, praise God. Amen. It's, it's, it's definitely a, 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 a spiritual a prayer that works. Praise God. It says that we pray what, that you may be what filled, or we ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Now, how many know that's possible? How many know that's possible? Now, a lot of times, you know, um, you start talking to folks about uh, the will of God, you know, praying for the will of God. And, uh, you know, this... Well, you know, 30 years plus of ministry, uh, you know, you hear some things, you know, there's things that people say. Sometimes people have excuses and they, you know, they say, well, you know, nobody knows the will of God. And that's, that's really not true. That's not true at all because the Word of God is His will. Come on, somebody. And uh, uh, the Word says here, as He says, He's praying that they may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Praise God. All right. So filled. Everybody say filled. Here's a word here. Uh, this word is plero. It's P-L-E-R-O, and it has actually two O's on the end. So P-L-E-R-O-O is the Greek word, and it means to make complete or literally means to make replete, okay, which means to fill to the overflow, speaks of a generous supply. So uh, Paul's praying that they may have a generous supply of the knowledge of God's will. We don't want you to be short of the the knowledge of God's will, praise God, amen. Uh, put a, uh, let's put a couple verses up there, Ben, if you will. Um, let's put the um, uh, 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 Colossians 4, put that one up there real quick. And this is, uh, Papriefs is uh, uh, basically another uh, uh, servant of the Lord. And uh, he's, he, Paul's talking about him, he says, Who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, okay, and always laboring fervently for you, in prayers, amen, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Even here he says perfect and complete in all the will of God. That's pretty. That's pretty big statement right there. Uh, put Ephesians uh, chapter 5, put that one up if you will. Um, it says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. So you can't go around saying I, nobody's going to know the will of God. No, we can know the will of God. So he says, don't be unwise, but understand uh, what the will of the Lord is. Amen, right? Ephesians, uh, actually Romans. Let's do Romans 12 and 2. I think I might have gave you that verse, a common text here. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, right? But what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, why? Well, that you may prove, that word prove literally means discern, that you may prove or discern what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
So obviously, the Word of God's important. It's important to uh, renew our minds to what God thinks. Amen. A lot of times when we talk about, you know, knowing the will of God, somebody says, well, you know, the Word says that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and His ways are higher than our ways. It does say that. Amen. But you got to remember who it's talking to. And in context, in fact, the, the text for that is Isaiah 55. And it's talking to those who have been backslidden. Are you hearing me? He's talking to the backslidden. He's talking to the one who have, those that have turned from God, and he's trying to woo them back unto him. He's calling them back unto him. He says, because your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And then it goes on to say, take my word. Amen. And let that word begin to change you. For my word never returns void, but it will always accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it, praise God. And as the rain comes down, as the snow comes down, my word operates the same way. That that word will come down like precipitation and it will saturate the ground of your heart, praise God, and cause something to shift and change, something to grow, something to bear fruit. Why? Because the word of God will do that, praise God. Can I hear an amen? amen? Hallelujah. So, a lot of times when you hear stuff like, you know, God's ways are higher, God's thoughts are higher. You know, I mean, to really be honest, I mean, we're all trying to attain God's words and God's ways. Amen. But to just accept that His ways are never going to be something you learn or His thoughts ain't never going to be something you gain, that's wrong. To say that you will never be able to be filled with the knowledge of His will would be a wrong statement. Are you still with me? Because it says that we can pray for that. It says that we can believe for that. Amen. So I say that for this reason. You know, stop saying you, you don't know the will of God. Start talking that I do know the will of God. Start saying I got the mind of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Start talking about my mind's being renewed to the word of God. Amen. And I'm starting to hook up to the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's go back to Colossians uh, chapter 1 again. At verse 9 again, and it says that we ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Now remember, we're working towards something and we're letting this unfold for us. All right, unfold it before us here. Filled with the knowledge of His will. All right, so what does that mean? What's the, the knowledge of His will? It, the word knowledge here means recognition of or the full discernment of. If you look it up in a lexicon, for those that maybe don't know, I, I kind of I, I enjoy uh, word studies. Um, to me, that's what, how the word opens up and unfolds. And um, you know, a lot of folks might have you know a concordance, a Strong's concordance, or something, or a Young's concordance, or some kind of thing like that. And that's all great. Um, I I kind of dive into lexicons because lexicons are kind of like the amplified version of a concordance. And so, but what it does in a lexicon is it takes really, it takes that word in every text that it's used and begins to define what it refers to in that text. So it really kind of, kind of, you know, brings it right, hones it right in there and, and tells you what it means. This word knowledge in the lexicon means precise and correct knowledge. So in other words, I want you to be filled to the overflow. I want a, a, a supernatural, uh, abundant supply of the precise and correct knowledge of God's will to be given to you. Amen. Everybody say, precise and correct. 
Amen. Now, the word is real clear. You know, that word, uh, uh, you know, it talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. And uh, you how many know if there's a right way to divide the word of truth, there's obviously a wrong way to divide the word of truth. So a lot of times there's a lot of wrong things out there and a lot of things out there that people are claiming it's the will of God when it's not the will of God. And so it pays to get in the word of God to find the will of God. Are you still hearing me today? Amen. We want the precise and correct knowledge of God's will. Amen. Praise God. So what does it mean, His will, then? The word will, okay, is also defined, has a definition. Praise God. The word, word will is thelema, okay, so T-H-E-L-E-M-A. And it means the desire of God here, the will of God, desire of God, the pleasure, choice, or purpose of God. It refers to His determination. It refers to the proper or the right thing. Praise God. Amen. Now, that's all important because of where we're going with this today. Amen. God wants you filled with the precise and correct knowledge of His desire, His determination, of what's right. Amen. What's going on around you right now? There's a will of God, not just an overall will of God for your life that, that, that determines your destiny and where you're headed, but you have to understand there's a will concerning your home your marriage, relationships, are you hearing me today? Your finance, your business, uh, you know, uh, your raising of your family, uh, you know, things you do on an, a day-to-day -day basis, how to live this thing. There's a will of God, a determination, a desire, a purpose, a choice, hallelujah, that God has for you. God doesn't want you ignorant of that, praise God. Amen. But then it says there's something important here. It says that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. And it says, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So obviously this is important. So we want to have you filled to the overflow. We want an abundant supply of the knowledge, the precise and correct knowledge of God's purpose, God's plan, God's intention, God's determination in your life. But it comes, amen, in all wisdom, all wisdom. Now, about a month ago, probably a you know month, maybe a little longer, but around a month, we kind of you know taught on some things coming out of Ephesians one, another one of Paul's prayers, and it talks quite a bit about about the wisdom of God. And so we took some time and we defined that. And, and uh, I'm not going to take quite as long today, but I am going to give you the definition of wisdom because it does it does apply to what we're dealing with today, all right? How many know you want to walk in all wisdom? Amen. amen. We want to walk, amen, filled to the full, amen, with uh, the precise and correct knowledge of His will, amen, for our lives day by day, the purpose, determination, in all wisdom, all right? Wisdom, defined, praise God, as the ability to live life skillfully, the ability to live life skillfully. It means the ability to apply knowledge, information, and data rightly. Now, not only do you have at your disposal the knowledge or information of God and His Word and will, amen, but you have every day there's all kinds of data, all kinds of information, 
all kinds of, uh, you know, knowledge that's being pumped to you. Some of it's good and some of it's not so good. Are you still with me? And as we've been talking over the last month that, you know, you got to guard what's breathing into you every day. Because what it's bringing to you is information, knowledge, and data. Now, if it's God breathing into you, you know that that information, that that knowledge is going to be good, right? It's going to be right. But if it's something else, it may not be so right. And so the idea is, amen, that wisdom is here to help you with whatever information is coming your way, wisdom is also there to help you apply the knowledge that you're hearing. If it's the knowledge of God's will, it'll show you, amen, how it applies, how to do it. Well, you say, Pastor, I'd love to do that. God wants me to do that. But you just don't understand. There's things going on in my life. There's stuff I'm up against. There's stuff. There's, there's all kinds of stuff breathing down my neck. You just don't understand. No, that's what wisdom's there for. Wisdom is there because the knowledge of His will, amen, is, can be applied to any situation. But we need wisdom in how to decipher, discern. Come on, somebody. How to do it this way, how to do it that way. God doesn't say, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I thought, man, everything was going to work perfect for you. And if it would have, man, I guess my will would have been just fine for you. But since things ain't perfect for you, let's just chuck my will and forget about it. Let's not even worry about that. Let's not even go there. Let's just, you know, let's just, you know, see what happens. Happens, happens, you know. I mean, whoa, well. I mean, that's not how God looks at stuff. No, the, His will is His will. But he also wants to give you what's necessary to apply that will with whatever's going on in your life. Are you still with me? And if we're not spending any time with him, we're not allowing him to breathe that into us. All right. Now, wisdom, again, the ability to live life skillfully, the ability to apply knowledge, information and data rightly. Wisdom, hear this, wisdom is a combination of of discernment, judgment, tact, and timing. I want you to know timing can be everything. In some situations, tact can be everything. Still with me? I know some that, that hang themselves quite a bit because they have no tact. See, the wisdom of God was to come in and help them with that. Amen. That's a fact, okay? Help them with timing. You know, have you ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? Wisdom, when it's on the scene, is helping you be in the right place at the right time. Have you ever been in the wrong place at the right time? Have you ever been in the right place at the wrong time? Wisdom is there to help you be in the right place at the right time. Still with me? Amen. Wisdom, again, is the ability to live life skillfully, the ability to apply knowledge, information, and data rightly. Wisdom is a combination of discernment, judgment, tact, and timing. And according to Proverbs, wisdom is the principal thing. So that's pretty important. Wisdom is also, here we go, how to successfully deal 
with practical affairs of daily life. Wisdom is there for you, dealing with people things, business things, everyday pressures that happen, the circumstance that springs up. Wisdom is there to take all that into consideration and help you, amen, lead you, guide you in a way where you can still walk in the will of God regardless of what you're up against. Are you still with me? All of this is necessary where we're going today, all right? That you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and what? Spiritual understanding. Why? Because it's necessary. So wisdom is how to apply everything in this, in a sense, in this natural realm, how to do this thing right. But it says then spiritual understanding. Now you kind of look at that, and most of the time when you read it, we're just thinking about, well, you know, uh, spiritual understanding, uh, a higher way of thinking. Well, I guess that's not wrong. But what does that mean? Well, you know, thoughts about Jesus. Okay, what does that mean? Well, you know, thoughts about God. Okay, what does that mean? Well, you know, just, you know, spiritual thinking. Okay, what does that mean? See what I'm saying? We have a tendency, we speed read through something and we assume something. And it's not that higher thinking isn't accurate. Of course it's higher thinking, praise God. It's the God way of thinking, right? Uh, right? But spiritual, all right? The word spiritual is the word that we defined last week when we talked about he who is spiritual, right? Talked about he who is spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, praise God. Those that have fallen or made, amen, all that. So we're going to go to that verse here in a minute. But spiritual understanding. The word spiritual, again, is defined, all right, as non-carnal, of course, but the word that it uses, ethereal, which means unaware of unseen. Or to be aware of unseen, I'm sorry. Be aware of unseen. Okay? So it refers to, to ethereal could be used even in a natural uh, sense when talking about, you know, if there's a gas leak in something. Okay? They talk about ethereal. Well, you're not aware of the unseen, but there's something, there's a gas leak. See, it could be used even in a natural sense. But this, in, 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 in the biblical sense, is referring to you know, being aware of the unseen in the area of heavenly things or celestial things. Still with me? All right. In fact, uh, 1 Corinthians in 15 talks about there's celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, all right? Okay, now we're, talking about, we're not talking about ET, extraterrestrial. We're, we're talking about, you know, there's earthly bodies, and then there's celestial bodies, which is heavenly bodies or unseen. And both have their own glory. Both, amen, there's something about because both are designed by God. Both carry a purpose. Come on, somebody. If you don't have a terrestrial body, you can't function on planet Earth. You have to have that, okay? To be absent from this body means to be present with the Lord, which means at that time, according to Scripture, you then, you shed the terrestrial body and put on a celestial body, right? Right. Right. Now, how many know, 
that in this room is not just, you know, uh, you know maybe a couple hundred people in the room. We, have, we also have an unseen realm that's in this room. All right? I brought this out last week. Uh, you know, if all of a sudden um, that the Spirit of God would allow us just a few minutes of just seeing the unseen with where we're at, if all of a sudden if just open up and you saw everything else that's in this room, okay? Now, sometimes I think that'd be so cool, right? Now, we all say, yay, but I guarantee you, half of you will wet your pants. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be ornery. It's a fact because you're going to see things. I'm serious. Some of you would hit the floor, dive under chairs. Some of you would try to run out the back door just to find more. Now, we don't really, you know, we don't put an invite out there for demons for in this room. But some of you still brought them. Now, I'm not saying you're devil-possessed, but some of you have allowed certain imps, come on, and all an imp is is, a, is an ornery demon. There actually is a definition for an imp. And literally, because of the, mo- because of the scriptures, make it real clear that the demonic really operates a lot around the minds of people trying to control this. So... What you have is these little imps that try to get up on your shoulder and breathe into you. Try to get you caught up in things that make you depressed or things that make you mad, things that make you sad. Trying to get you all caught up in the feelings and the emotions. And then pretty soon, you know, you just think, well, it's just, you know, just, and you're caught up and not even knowing you got something breathing in you. And we spent quite a few weeks talking about that for those who maybe weren't here. But, but uh, so we kind of took you through the scriptures on that. Now. What's breathing into you? See, if, if you're all of a sudden, you know, this is what is still breathing into you, talking about something wrong, something unclean, something dark. Come on, somebody. If you was all of a sudden to see that, see, we'd like to think that's all that's in here is angels. And there's probably a bunch of them in here. Okay? I mean, I brought a few myself. Right? I mean, there's going to be a bunch of them. But you just have to understand that you know, you're a free will being and you can carry around whatever you want to carry around. Now, I didn't take away your salvation. I didn't say you're not going to heaven. But you have to understand that that's how the enemy operates. The word says, don't be ignorant of how he operates. All right? So it's probably a good thing then that we were not able to see in the unseen because we might have something sitting on us. We'll just kind of fly right on by that. I'm serious. These things, we don't, you know, it's, it's there. So, spiritual understanding. So, a awareness of the unseen. We want an understanding of the awareness or because of the awareness of the unseen. The word understanding, let's define it. Define it. Um, sonesis is C-S, pardon me, S-U-N-E-S-I-S, and it means a mental putting together. And now listen, or like a, a process, mental processing kind of thing. 
But the lexicon brings it a little bit deeper. And it says this about this word, this particular word, understanding. It means a running together or a flowing together as of two rivers. That's what it means. You think, well, what's that, what's that talking about? Well, it's taken, remember, a spiritual understanding is taking an awareness of the unseen and flowing it together with your own mind so you are aware, so you are processing and knowing that there's always the presence of the unseen. And if I could say this, and maybe this is kind of a preacher statement, but I'm telling you, this is something that gets overlooked a lot because we're more moved by the natural realm. And we forget, even though we know the right answer, because doctrinally we know, well, someday I'm going to heaven, that's unseen, and, and the Word even says God is spirit, so you know He's unseen, and there's a devil, and just like there's a God, and there's a hell like there's a heaven, and there's angels of God, and there's demons, and we all, you know, because of doctrine, and we, we kind of, yeah, well, duh, yeah, but then we're, we're still not aware of its presence. So this is why last week the statement, that the Spirit of God said to me, was this is why the hospitals are full. This is why the jails and prisons are full. This is why rehab centers and relief lines are full. This is why divorce court, we could even maybe even say uh, bankruptcy courts, this is why they're all full. Is because we're not aware of the unseen. So we conduct life based on feelings and emotions, and we do what feels right at the moment. We respond and react and return evil for evil. We speak words of death instead of words of life. All of this, according to Scripture, is seed being sown. We'll come back to verse 10 here in a minute. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's see, it would have been uh, what we were last week, uh, Galatians 6, 1, please. <clears throat> Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, how many know what happens? How many know what happens? Um, really what it's talking about is the spirit of stupid breathed onto somebody. Has anybody had the spirit of stupid breathe on you? All seven of you. Let's try that one more time because I might have to cast out lying devils here in a minute. Um, has anybody ever had the spirit of stupid breathe on you? We've all been there. And we've said things we shouldn't have said. We reacted in a way we shouldn't have reacted. We did something we shouldn't have done. Uh, you know, we just we got overtaken with something. Somehow we allowed that weakness to get the better of us and you know, gave in to something that we said we'd never do again. It happens. Now, we're not justifying it, but you have to remember in context what was going on here. Chapter 5 was dealing with what spirit you're going to let breathe into you. Because if it's the Spirit of God breathing into you, then we, we bear what is called the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the whole thing in context is dealing with the fact if you let God breathe into you, because remember the word spirit means breath. So if we're even going to live by the Spirit means, praise God, we're letting the Spirit of God breathe into us. And if we will let Him do that, it is no problem walking in love. But if God ain't breathing into you, then we have what they call the, the works of the flesh that are also mentioned in this text prior to this, which is referring to really, we almost could probably better define it as the breath of an unclean spirit. Okay, so the works of the flesh are more like the fruit of an unclean spirit. And if you go define what sin is and how you get the works of the flesh, it all talks about the progressive building of how sin works. If you go to like James 1, for instance, it talks about that, how everything is progressive. Why? Because you have something that is constantly breathing into you till pretty soon you actually agree with it or believe in it or follow it. And the next thing you're doing, you're doing the thing you said you'd never do again. Now, all that happens by you letting the wrong thing breathe into you. And it doesn't have to be a devil. It could be a person that's being led by the wrong spirit. Come on, somebody. See, remember, your spirit, the Holy Spirit, come on, demonic spirit, all, it's, always, it's always the same exact word. And it all refers to a breath or a wind or a current of air that's being breathed. Okay, you have to determine which one you're going to let breathe into you. Are you still with me? Now, again, that's a we took weeks of just defining that and showing that. So we know that the Holy Spirit is nothing like a demonic spirit in the sense of what it represents and what it breathes. But it still operates the same way. A human spirit. You were designed to be an influencer based on out of your spirit, you breathe into the life of another human being and bring influence or into a situation through your words, you are breathing what's in you into that circumstance or into that other person. It's all about influence. Still with me? Now, uh, this text here, brethren, if a man is overtaken, he trespass. Okay, it happens. Okay, it says, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Now, spiritual, the same word here. You who are, now it didn't say you who are superior. It's not saying you're any better than the person they're talking about. It says you who are spiritual. Big difference. You who are aware of the unseen. If you were aware of the unseen, you would never look to destroy another human being. You would only look to restore. If you were truly aware of the unseen, you would never want to return evil for evil if you were truly aware of the unseen. Never. You wouldn't speak words of death over anything, if you were aware of the unseen. Yeah. 
The devil is just looking for a way in. He's just looking for a, a, a doorway of some sort to get in to your life, into your business, your family, your health, your finance, your children, your blah, 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 whatever it is we're talking about. He is looking for a way in. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. In other words, this again is one or part of, I should say, the fruit of the Spirit that was mentioned several verses prior to this. Okay, that's part of the fruit of the Spirit. The word gentleness here doesn't mean, you know, just mild-mannered, weak, feeble. Come on. It means meekness, and it means humility, and it means literally, uh, it means to have the, the senses or the emotions in check under pressure or under duress. That's what it means. The word gentle here, as I said last week, comes actually closer to a word that we, it's an old English word we used to call gentleman, all right, which refers to somebody who's willing to stay cool in the midst of whatever it is that's going on around them. They remain a gentleman. Now, of course, some of that meaning has got lost over the years. Okay, we just think that only means to open a door for somebody. And how many know it's way beyond that? You should learn to be hospitable and kind and noble and respectful. Amen. But gentleness is referring to somebody that regardless of what's coming up against them, they still do what's right. So in a spirit of gentleness, in other words, as I said last week, it's the stay cool spirit. Just stay cool. Well, all this is happening. Stay cool. Just stay cool. Because remember, there's an unseen realm. So, there were three main things I brought up last week. One, that uh, spiritual people, amen, operate in an area of control because they do understand there's an unseen realm. Spiritual people stay cool in the midst of pressure because they also know that what they sow, they shall reap. Because right after this text, it goes in then to say, do not be deceived. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also receive. Whatever he sows. A man's harvest in life is dependent entirely on the seed that he sows. So when you're, when you're, you know, dealing with pressure, in this case, dealing with an individual who has fallen, obviously you have connection with the one who's fallen. So that spells already that there's already some decisions to be made. That means you've already got some form of pressure here to do the right thing. And it says you who are spiritual are looking out to restore. You ain't looking out to destroy. Jesus said this in, uh, in Luke and 9. He says the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And that same thing is on you and me as believers. And if we're spiritual, 
We ain't looking to destroy somebody who slipped or somebody who's fallen or somebody who said the wrong thing or somebody who's done the wrong thing. We're looking to restore. Still with me? Now, I'm just going to say this. There ain't anybody in this room who doesn't need to hear this. Ain't nobody watching by internet or listening by internet who doesn't need to hear this. There ain't any of us in this room or those watching or listening who haven't made a mistake. That's why in Luke 6, he says this, you guard what you you sow. You sow mercy, you'll gain mercy. You sow judgment, you gain judgment. You sow condemnation, you'll get it. You sow uh, some form of, of, of judgment or unforgiveness is another one. You sow unforgiveness, it comes your way. If you studied unforgiveness and all the things it says about unforgiveness in the scriptures, what Jesus had to say about it, that literally when you refuse to forgive, it shuts forgiveness down for you. When you can't forgive somebody, when you can't release them, you've just messed up the heavenlies. You don't even re- See, you're not aware of the unseen. Because then it goes on to say, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Which means, literally means, you open a door that you don't want to open. I'm so glad you came back from last week. And my prayer is that you come back next week. Amen. But if we could grab hold of this, as he said, the hospitals are full because of it. Why why does that affect the hospitals? Because we sit and get critical and judgmental of people, and we open up a doorway that affects us not only Mentally, emotionally, but physically. We could probably have a deliverance service in hospitals just getting them to release the people they don't want to release. We might empty the hospital if we could get everybody to just walk in mercy and forgive whatever and anything else that's in their past they need to release. Now, that may not... Work cross board for everybody, but I will find, I guarantee you, it would work for a bunch of them. Jails are full. Prisons are full of people that would not release and forgive. Took it on themselves. I'm going to handle this. You really want to open the door for that? You really want to do that? Divorce courts. Full. Financial problems, full. Why? Because of this kind of thing. We won't forgive. We won't release. We won't walk in mercy. Those who are spiritual, we're here to restore, not to, not to destroy. If we were aware of the unseen, we wouldn't hold grudges. We'd get rid of that sucker real quick. We say, you know what? I don't like what happened. I'm not happy about it, but I refuse to get offended. I refuse to get mad. I refuse to try to get even. It isn't worth it. I don't want that on my family. I don't want that on my household. 
I had a, uh, an individual that I grew up and knew, um, um, and I, I got I got to be real vague with what I share on this, but it was something way back, you know, back in, at home, and, and um, this lady was having marital problems. And uh, her sisters all jumped in on the bandwagon, and, and she had multiple sisters, and they're all, yeah, you need to dump that creep, and yeah, I can't believe you married. Why you got, ah, he does this. He's a, he's just a crumb bum. You just need to you need to dump that guy. And she took their advice, and they all you know bad mouthed him in the court and all this kind of stuff. And sure enough, you know she leaves the man. They they end up in divorce, and he goes off and you know gets another relationship, and she goes and finds another relationship, and then another relationship and then another relationship, and then another marriage, and then another marriage, and then another marriage. And later on, out of my own, in my own ears, I heard her say, I should have stayed with my first husband. But here's the clincher. All the sisters, every one of them ended up with marital problems. Every one of them had some form of, of, of marriage problem. One of them ended up divorced, never could get remarried, never could find another relationship. One ended up with serious problems. She went another way and, and finally, after running out there, wherever she was doing, came back home and, and reluctantly the, the husband took her back, but they never had the same relationship. One of them ended up in a deal that even there wasn't nothing wrong, but there was the accusation of something that could have happened. And they ended up with some problems for a short time. And if it wasn't for a husband that was willing to forgive and release it and forget about it, they would have ended up in divorce. All happened after they got involved in something they shouldn't have got involved in. Does this congregation still love their pastor? I just kind of had this moment. I just kind of felt a little insecure there, you know. I think that wrong spirit tried to breathe on me a little bit. What do you want? The last thing we brought out last week was that spiritual people are remaining in, in a place of control because the whole idea is we're waiting for a leading. So we go back to Colossians 1, verse 9, that we might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, why, why is that so important? Well, verse 10 of this text says that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing Him and fruitful in every good work. How many want to be fruitful in every good work? How many want to walk worthy of the Lord? How, want to be, how many of you want to be fully pleasing to God? Uh, and how many want to increase more in more insight and knowledge of God? How many would like that? Well, all of that is contingent on verse 9, right? If you're going to be filled with, you know, God, the knowledge of His will in His wisdom, come on somebody, and His spiritual, I mean, if you're going to hook up with that, then we can have verse nine, or verse 10. Are you with me? Now, that text 
of yesterday or last week, um, you know, we're called to restore. So all of a sudden, the pressure's on. We've got a situation in front of us. What do we do with that? This person did this. Well, that you still have to walk the will of God. Well, you just don't. No, 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 you don't understand. You still have to walk the will of God. You still have to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, fruitful in every good work, and continue to increase in the night. You have to still do that. And the only way you're going to still do that is if you're going to walk in a spirit of gentleness that when stuff is in front of you, that you choose to be spiritual here. To be aware of the unseen because the last thing I want is to open up a door for the enemy. Well, you just don't. No, no, I do understand. Well, nobody, everybody loves you. No, they don't. No, they don't. I got people in the room that don't like me. That's a fact. I wish they did. I'm a great guy. Just ask me. You could probably, well, I think you could ask my wife. She, yeah, he's, yeah, you know. See, things happen, and we don't watch, we don't guard it. We, we just react because we have no awareness. <clears throat> Another little tidbit. It'll work, okay? Just hang on. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is a trap. Now listen, ignorance is a doorway. It's a doorway for the enemy. Revelation, which is the opposite of ignorance, Bible word, revelation, something revealed. You're not ignorant no more. You're now revealed something. Now you see it. Amen. Now listen, is a doorway. Ignorance is a doorway. Revelation is a doorway. Ignorance is a doorway for the enemy, whereas revelation now gives a doorway for God to move and flow. Amen. Still with me? Every time that, you know, something, you, you got pressure on. We've all, we all, we all, we all, you all, we all, right, deal with pressure on a day-to-day -day basis because not everything out there necessarily lines up like it's supposed to. Now, if you want more things to line up, then you're going to have to be spiritual. Because the more spiritual you become, in other words, the more aware, either all, the more aware you become of the unseen, the more apt you're going to do the right thing. And the more you do the right thing, the more things begin. Some things just absolutely come into divine order when somebody just makes a decision, I'm doing the right thing here. So we have... This thing happens, or this person responds, and it's inevitable, then this one responds, and this one responds. 
And the enemies literally stand back and laugh. They don't have to do anymore. They literally probably all look at each other like, look at this. And you got angels of God going, because their hands are tied. Because we'd rather get even. We'd rather give them a piece of our mind. Nobody needs a piece of that. Nobody. See, it's better to, you know, that's where the ministry of silence comes in. It's so important. Just practice silence right now. Because you have a stay cool spirit. Something's wrong with the pastor. <laughs> Emoji. Heart. I love you. Well, pastor, just go. It isn't worth it. It isn't worth it. It isn't worth it. Well, Jesus, ain't you going to say anything? Can't you hear the remarks they're saying? Can't you see what they're doing? Say something. When he got the word of God, he said what he had to say, and that was it. What if he would have said something? You bunch of idiots. God, give me some angels. <laughs> Probably, in all honesty, he wouldn't have got them if he would have done that. Right. <gasps> oh, pastor. No, that's why he didn't say anything. That's why most of the time, the enemy literally said he had no hold. No hold on him. He couldn't grab, he couldn't, couldn't hold anything on him. Because he was... Spiritual. That's why he knew that I only say what he tells me to say, and I only do what he tells me to do. Whew. Well, Pastor. Actually, I had a bunch of other verses maybe, but I think I'm just going to leave that. Um, back to verse, let's see, 110. That's right. Well, Pastor, why do we do all this? Well, that's so you can have a walk worthy of the Lord. That means agreeable. Um, the word walk learn means to conduct life, live life, or lead life. If you do, you draw on the wisdom of God, amen, or pardon me, on the, on the will of God, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, it says here, Amen. That you can walk worthy. It says, so that you may, right, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Why? Because I want to walk worthy of the Lord. I want to be agreeable to the Lord. And I would like it to be pleasing to Him. That means to bring satisfaction to Him. One translation brings out that word, defines it as, as sat, bringing satisfaction to the heart. Amen. 
So I want to bring satisfaction to the heart of God. It doesn't mean God loves anybody any more than the other. It just means, do you want to bring pleasure to God? Do you want to bring satisfaction to God? Well, then you want to do the right thing. I want to be fruitful. I want to bear fruit. I want to be successful in all my endeavors. Anybody else with me on that? Whatever it is I step out to do, I just soon be successful at it. I, I'm a real stick. I, I don't like wasting time whatsoever. I don't like it. And um, so, you know, I hate to have to keep redoing something. So it always pays to, amen, be connected. So you're doing the right thing, saying the right thing, so you can bear fruit, right? Good fruit, amen, in all my endeavors. And then get, begin to increase more. Literally, sometimes what stops revelation from flowing, flowing in our life, we've shut it down because we've messed up the unseen. So we're not increasing anymore. We've got some people that haven't increased in knowledge of God in years. They've shut it all down because they're too busy wanting to be offended, to be, uh, you know, to be mad, to be down with everybody, or whatever else it is that could be messed that up. Critical, whatever. So, <clears throat> I would just assume walk worthy of the Lord. Anybody else with me on that one? Fully pleasing, fruitful in every good work, and, of course, increasing in the knowledge of God. Praise God. Amen. I just lean and make sure I didn't get everything out I want to get out today. And I think I did. Praise the Lord. So, did you get something here today? Give the Lord a praise, if you will. All right. Why don't you all stand up and... Uh, Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> spiritual people are aware of the unseen. Spiritual people are aware that what they sow, they reap. Spiritual people, amen, are in position to get the leading from God. Amen. And I think this is the, the thing that... Um, I touched on briefly last year, last week, but um, the leading of God for you isn't always just about what step you take next concerning your own life. Remember, in context, it was dealing with restoring the life of another, right, with what they were up against. So part of the leading of God or the prompting of God that comes is how to resist and that's, I think, what we closed with last week. Because you submit yourself to God, resist the enemy, and the word says he flees. But it starts with submission unto God. And that's why this whole thing about being aware of the unseen and operating out of a spirit of gentleness, or in other words, a spirit that's your emotions are in control, staying cool. Why? Because God begins to walk you through it. He shows you what's right for you right now, what's right for that individual right now, what they're up against, and how you deal with it. And it might be just the very thing. It just turns the whole thing around. <clears throat> you know, J Jesus didn't have to really repray. We know in one case he did. 
because, he, because of the whole scenario of the blind man, and literally he took him out of the city, mainly because of all the unbelief and junk they were dealing with, gets him outside the city, prays over him, asks him, what do you see? Well, everything right now is still cloudy or foggy, and he prayed again. But we really don't have really any other record of him re-praying for anybody. Wouldn't that be nice? Sometimes <laughs> we spend our prayer time all upset about what you're going through. Sometimes our prayer time is filled with, Lord, get them. <laughs> Sometimes our prayer time, because we know our own condition, we spend a whole time trying to repent and get our own hearts right. It's a fact. It could be, you could be anywhere on that, on that spectrum. The bottom line is, the more aware that you are of an unseen realm, the less of that mess you have to deal with. And you can be more focused on hearing from heaven concerning what needs to be said, what needs to be done, what needs to be prayed, what needs to be resisted, and you'll find that you'll be a whole lot more successful in your everyday endeavors because you're walking in the will of God, amen, hallelujah, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Did you get something here today? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Father, we give you praise and glory once again. We're so thankful for your words, so thankful for these principles. Thank you, Lord, that the people today had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. And thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding, causing us to see these things, hallelujah, like we're supposed to. Hallelujah. And I give you the praise and the glory for that. Father, we give thanks, amen, for what you're doing in our midst. Father, forgive us for the times that we've kind of crossed these lines and maybe just weren't aware like we should have been. And we know that you're faithful and you're just to forgive. So we receive that. We thank you for that. And it's our heart, sir, to, to go from here being more aware of the unseen realm. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done today and what you're going to continue to do for us in the upcoming days. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.